You can't you can't say funny things until we actually begin recording. But you just said I'm not funny. Well, reality. I am funny. Again, I'm high fuck hilarious. Great, I got to beep that out now. Great. <laughs> From some far-flung corner of the globe. Wait. The globe is a sphere. How does it have a corner? This is the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. Now with even more Shivo and a few of their traveling friends. Each of them sharing stories of everyday experiences of travels around the world. Hello, vicarious travelers, and welcome once again to Bangkok, Thailand. My name is Evo Terra. And I'm Sheila D. Together, we thank you for following along with our travels around the world. Coming up a little later on in the program, travel writer Rutavi Mehta shares her personal story of a 3,000-kilometer rickshaw race across India. But before we do that, uh, so much for the new format, honey. I know. We're, we're already switching it up. And Look, I, don't, I don't think it's long-term, though. What's going to happen here is we're going to share a story that we recorded about three months ago right here in Thailand when we were in Bangkok. Yep. Wandering around, it was from our first four months uh, of travel. We've 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 been holding this episode, sitting on it, if you will. Yes, at my request. Because Sheila thought it might be a little offensive. I have to watch you. We were drinking when we had recorded this, possibly, which happens a lot. So, but we we now think it's not all that offensive. If it if it goes down that road, we're we're pretty sure we redeem ourselves towards the end. I think so. Yeah, it's a fun story about a reality that uh, is here in Thailand that honestly doesn't bug us at all, even though it gets a little starts a little weird. But but stick with us. I don't think it's a little weird. I just think it's it's reality here. So well, we sound a little weird, is what I was saying. The, the, I think it's you. You sound oh, weird. It's all my fault. So. Uh, <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, let's 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 find out. Uh, enjoy, and we'll be back in just a moment. So, yes. this, in hindsight, may not be something we wish to record. <laughs> Those are always the best. So here's what I want to chat about. I would like to talk about the elephant in the room. Not just the elephant in the room. I want to talk about the really, really gay (laughs) elephant in the room. Okay. So look, it's 2015, almost 2016. By the time this thing airs, it might be 2016. It's probably 2016. We no longer live in the ages where your identity as a human is tied up in your gonads. I mean, let's face it. Every single day, there are boy brains born with girl parts and girl brains born with boy parts. It happens. As it turns out, 
Uh, DNA replication is kind of up and messy. That's right. Not perfect. Yeah. And so it screws up all the time. So I get it. I understand it. I got no problem with it. Being in Thailand, holy shit are you exposed to it. <laughs> Which is interesting because like you and I have gone to like drag shows and things like that. So this isn't like a, it's not a shock to us to see like really, really, really pretty men. It's like not. for me, it's not. I don't know. I'm speaking for you and I no. probably shouldn't. No, no, you're right. It's not a shock at all. It's not a culture shock. Yeah. We know that this happens. It's a quantity shock. <laughs> like, yeah. is, here's my question. I mean, so, so literally, mm-hmm. as you have seen, my dear, mm-hmm. you are every bit as likely to run into a lady boy, as they are referred to here in Thailand, yep. as you are to a, a, a like cisgendered wa- woman or like a cisgendered our, man. Our waitress today. Like our waitress today. Exactly wa- right. Yeah. It is, it is not only not uncommon. It's the it's, norm. It's the norm. It's expected. And no one, as far as I can tell, bats an eye, which is awesome and cool. Right? Right. Oh, yeah. Why should you do that? It's really cool because, like, we were just on the metro and going through, I don't know, even know what part of Bangkok, and these two ladyboys got on. They had um, enhanced some parts. So I saw the one with the big eyelashes first, which is typically one of the big signs for me. You're talking about body augmentation and you start with <laughs> eyelashes. But that's where I see it first. Fuck's sakes. <laughs> because you know what? I'm a woman and I look at the eyes. All right. Continue. I don't look at the body first. Continue your story. I look at the eyes. So I see the eyelashes. Most women today do not wear false eyelashes. Are you sure you can make that statement? Most. Uh, Most means more than 50%. Are you sure? I, I, okay, I'm not sure. You, the, you want to change it to many? Many, right. yes. Thanks for challenging me again. I want to make sure that you're taking the same. <laughs> right, this is going live to the world. Uh, it's probably many. The women I know don't wear them. All right, all right. All so right. I'm not used to seeing women wear false eyelashes. So that, to me, is one of the first things when I see somebody wearing false eyelashes, I go straight to, at least as we've been traveling, I start looking for other telltale signs, like an Adam's apple. Yes. Some people look at the ass. No, no. To me, <laughs> to me, the dead giveaway, yes. and, and you're probably right, there are probably... There's probably something else that looks a little off. Right. And therefore, my, my immediate go-to when something looks a little off, and this might make me an asshole, and if so, <laughs> I kind of apologize for it. Kind of. I, I like the kind of. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface with kind of. <laughs> I immediately take a look. I want a profile of the throat. 
And here's the thing. Right. Why do I do that? Why does it matter? Again, we are in Thailand to where I don't know the ratio, but it's a... It's heavy. Relatively sizable number of the population happens to be... And it's not just ladyboys. Let's face it. It is not just ladyboys. Oh, gosh, no. There are plenty of... Women. Born with lady dangly bits that (laughs) are not particularly lady bitted in the brain. Right. Right. Which so is not an issue quite, either. Quite common. Much more to detect. But but then again I wonder, what are we trying to figure out? Why I, do we do this? Why can't we just simply say, you know he, what? You are your brain. You're not your you're not your penis or your vagina any more than your a, dis- a double-jointed thumb. So the reason we do this is because our brains like to categorize things and put them into buckets. Oh, I don't know if that's the case. I think that's the case. I, I think there might be some of that. Yeah. I think it's culturally we are trained to identify boys versus girls. And so to me, the interesting thing is, what is it that's different about Thailand. That is it acceptable? Is that what you're saying? Because here, it seems to me that no one, as far as I can tell, except for us two asshole Western people. Okay, you put yourself in that category. I am not putting myself in that category. With the exception of us and others that have the same sort of bias to it. Why don't they, to use the pronoun game, it's obviously okay. Who are you saying is they? I'm saying people who are not the two of us or other Westerners that have come to this country that go, dude, nice ass, and bigger Adam's apple. Why do we do this? And more importantly, I'm, I'm less concerned with that question of why do we do this and I'm more generally interested in the why don't they? Why don't the Thai people? Because in America, there is still a stigma. Right. I mean, you can wave your rainbow flags all over the place. We can march in the gay pride parade, all the things we can do, but it is still. There's a stigma. If you have a penis and you dress like a woman, you are going to get called out. Which is a shame. It is going to be very uncomfortable for you to walk down the street. But it's not like that here. It is not like that in Thailand. And I wonder why. It's one of two things. Okay. It's one of two things. I want to hear your one or two things because we have not talked about this at all. (laughs) It is either that Thai culture, some aspect we have yet to discover, is much more accepting of the fluidity that is sexual identity and what it means, that's that's possible. The weird thing for me is, though, it seems to be isolated to here, Thailand. It certainly wasn't that way in Vietnam. No? It wasn't that way in Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. But again, we, it's not like we were there for an extended period of time. Right. And we could be wrong, but I just didn't see it as much. So it's either that the culture itself is much more accepted of this fluidic idea of what it means to be a man or a woman. 
or there's something in the water <laughs> that mean? screws with what DNA for naughty bits and DNA versus brain bits say. Now, I've had the water here. <laughs> I can't rule out the water as a possibility. Okay, so the water back home makes you pregnant. But here, it might you. It might make right. your brain play opposite games I, with I the parts I, that's betwixt. I think you might be f***ed up in your thinking. Just saying. I'm just saying I it has to be one of those two things. There's no other possible explanation. Sitting here with Ritavi. And what are you known for? I'm more known for India's first blogger who is very adventurous. So I've rode a rickshaw for 3,000 kilometers from Jaisalmer to Shillong. That bears repeating. Ritavi, a travel writer from India who's even tinier than I am, participated in a 3,000 kilometer endurance race in India. So my blog is called Photokatha dot in Photokatha. Katha is a, like story. Okay. In Hindi, it's called K A T H A dot in. She's full of good stories and photos, but I know you want to hear more about that crazy 3,000-kilometer race. So I'll step out and let Ritavi tell her story, a story that takes place in her own home country. I've traveled a lot of countries, but I still feel India is my favorite out of all because it's like. It's like having no visa to so many countries in one country. So the interesting recent travel I did was uh, Rickshaw Run. Uh -huh. It was with two other international bloggers called Derek Friel and Ryan. Okay. And they were very close friends of mine. They're both from the US. And they, one of them was supposed to come for tea bags, but they couldn't. Oh. So we did this Rickshaw Run ride where we rode a rickshaw, an auto rickshaw, from Jaisalmer to Shillong, which was there for 12 days. And it was really difficult because after every 100 kilometer, the petrol would run out. There had to be a mix of oil and petrol for it to sustain. And first, because India is a little conservative country, seeing an Indian girl riding a rickshaw, they wouldn't take it very nicely. They would see like, who's that and what's happening here? Yeah. And they would get very attracted to us because it was a decorated rickshaw and there were two foreigners and one Indian driving down. So yeah, and in the middle of the time, it was difficult because there are no airbags in that. Right. So there is no kind of a safety. There's absolutely no safety. So that is why it is called... So it is called the world's most dangerous race. Okay. Rickshaw run. Yes. Wow. And the second one is Mongo Rally. Yeah. Uh, which is again with a car, but it's very, very different. And the Indian roads are not very sustainable for this rickshaw because there's quite a lot of, um, um, you know, potholes everywhere. Yeah. So we had two accidents, and I've never got a boo-boo in my life, <laughs> but I've got a very big scar now forever. So I have six wow. stitches, and my hands are still getting better. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that was a very bad accident. We had it about just 100 kilometers before the race got over. Okay. But, um, yeah, I survived. I was in the hospital for three days. Wow. And, yeah, and Indians don't take travel insurance. So that's when the time I realized that it's important to take travel insurance. Right. 
So how did you handle the hospital? And The thing is, I was with foreigners. So okay. there was four Norwegian guys, two Canadians and two Americans. Oh, okay. And the, the place that we had an accident, not a single soul knew English. Oh. And I was affected, so I couldn't communicate because I was lying on the floor with the accident. Right. So luckily the police was very helpful. They mm -hmm. took us to, the ambulance came in and they took us to a local hospital. Okay. But yes, it was difficult for the foreigners, the international bloggers who had come in. Right. Because they couldn't communicate to the police. And they had to sign a paper to stitch me up because you can't touch till it's, somebody signs on it. If something happens to oh. the patient, it's a legal issue. So great that they call within like half an hour. They call somebody who knows English, call that person, and they could because I was unconscious for about 25 minutes. So they had the international blogger and the police and the translator to help each other. Wow, that that's got to be unnerving. Yeah, it was very different. Well, you didn't know you were yeah, out. I was completely. <laughs> I had no idea, but they told me. Right. And the the most funny part is my entire right side was hurt. Okay. But the strange way of getting hurt on left. Yes forehead, right. we couldn't figure out that how is it possible when <laughs> the whole right side is hurt. So then later after two days we realized that when we fell, the rickshaw's bar would hurt me. Oh. So that there was a big blob over there. So. so did you have to get a new rickshaw or did you continue no, with we're the still, one that wrapped? No, we're still idiots. We again <laughs> took the same broken down, we removed all the covers out, fixed, fixed up the tires because you can't leave that rickshaw back behind. Uh, there's a huge amount of deposit, that is 2,700 pounds. Oh, wow. If you give away the rickshaw in the middle of the road. So, yeah, we took the rickshaws and we went back to the racing because we had to complete the race within that uh, the time, time frame, which is only a day. Wow, that's yeah. just crazy. And we missed two days. So after 12 days, we missed two days because of this. Would you do it again? Uh, yeah, obviously. I would do it again. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, when we come visit. That's the show. One last reminder to vote for my lovely wife, her picture. If you have not done so already, please, pretty please, with all the sugar I can possibly muster, go to shivo.wtf slash vote. She's up for Photographer of the Year, and we think she's got an incredibly great shot to win me $4,000, which is really, really cool. And special thanks to Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com for all of the music used in this episode. For Evo Terra, I'm Sheila D. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. See you next week from Bangkok, and then we're going to Kuala Lumpur. Yay! Funding for this podcast and all the great content Shivo produced is made possible by listeners just like you. Visit shivo.wtf slash postcards pledge your support and get a handwritten postcard each month as they travel abroad. Additional funding provided by Travelsmith, inspiring people to go places they've never been and keeping Shivo looking smart and well outfitted on their journey. And if you want to travel the world, it's cheaper than you think. Visit Shivo.wtf for more details and click on the house sitting link to find out exactly how they afford to travel the world in style. See you next time on the Opportunistic Travelers Podcast. Mm -hmm.